Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 354 for Tuesday, the 1st of July, 2014. Happy Canada Day. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Becca Ferguson. Tonight, we are going to give you a sneak peek at Studio D, what it looks like on day one. Here we are. It's day (laughs) one. Uh, Also, we're going to show you how to make incredible graphic memes that you can use to share on social media, such as Facebook, and promote yourself, promote your blog, promote whatever it is that you do, and we're going to do it using free software. You don't want to miss this. (laughs) If I suddenly go quiet, that means it's probably your turn. I don't know. I was thinking, is it the intro time? (laughs) My lovely wife, folks. Nice to have you here. Thanks for filling in tonight. So no it's problem. Canada Day. Uh, we may even, you know, wrap up early tonight because, oh, look at that. Time's up. Uh, because fireworks tonight. We're looking forward yes. to heading out to that. So Once the sun goes down. Then it's time. <laughs> so you've got 20 minutes of our time, folks. I'm just, I'm so kidding. Go ahead. Here's what's coming up in the newsroom. <laughs> Behavior logging software for smartphones detect when a thief is using the phone and shuts down accordingly. Facebook is fighting a U.S. court order in which it was forced to hand over user data. Mobile app users are selling their public parking spaces on a black market, and San Francisco won't have it. And finally, sky cars are going to be built in Tel Aviv. Stick around, these stories are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring... Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. your host, Robbie Ferguson. Introducing Belltone First, a revolutionary new hearing aid. So small you can hardly see it. So comfortable you can hardly feel it. For the first time ever, you can control hearing aids directly from your iPhone. Pick up the phone, listen to music, and use your hearing aids like wireless headphones. Hear everything that matters. Try Belltone first. For a free trial, call 1-800-BELLTONE now. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Tube Tape. For the best prices on green screen equipment, photo and video lighting kits, and backgrounds for your project, check out TubeTape at cat5.tv slash green. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show, episode number 354. And again, my name is Robbie Ferguson. This is... I'm Becca Ferguson. Becca Ferguson. <laughs> Becca, what, uh, we've got a lot going on tonight. Uh, very excited to, to look at some of the things that we're looking at. Very very excited to show you Studio D. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a couple minutes' time. But in the meantime, I'll let you, I'll let, uh, you take over and let people know what uh, we're a part of here at Category 5 TV. Okay. Category 5.TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.TV slash TPN. 
and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Becca. Make sure you check out our mobile website, m.cat5.tv. Scan that code with your mobile device. Get on over there on your tablet or on your smartphone. Uh, version 4, the beta, is uh, underway right now. So if you want to check out some of the new awesome features there at our mobile site, it's m.cat5.tv. Becca, before we get into the show and all the exciting stuff that we're going to be talking about, um, I wanted to say hello to some of the newly registered viewers on our website, category5.tv. If you're new here, um, you, you make note that, uh, of course, it's a free community here at Category 5 TV. I like to think of it as much more than just a show. Uh, we're, we've built a, a, an incredible group of just uh, wonderful people that are a part of this community. And so once in a while, we like to welcome those who have registered on our website. It's absolutely free to do so. And, of course, this uh, solidifies their, uh, their awesomeness and makes them a, a serious part of our community. So... First of all, I want to say hey to Whiskey Zero, who has been watching for some time and, and has uh, finally taken the plunge and registered absolutely free <laughs> on our website, Category5.tv. Whiskey Zero, it's so nice to have you here. Thanks for joining us. You want to help me uh, work through this list, and we'll just kind of sure. tag team here. John Joka 24 Also, Richie P., welcome to you two. Joe in NH. Do you think that's New Hampshire? I'm guessing so. Probably. <laughs> In never... That'd be my first guess, uh, yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> so, Joe, welcome. Thanks for being here. El Guapo. Nice to have you here. Devil Slayer. <laughs> awesome. Uh, H-J-H-J-R. I don't know if there's a way to pronounce that. Hoodjur. Hoodjur. Thanks for being here. Tatanka365. <laughs> hey yeah. Uh, also, want to say hello to Kilcom. Nice to have you joining us and being a part of our community. And hello to Godard M27. Steve Sai. I'm going to guess it's Sai, like Pi, S I <laughs> for Sai. Steve, nice to have you here. Kavan FL. And Burke. And on top. Hello, and on top. Hello on Chris Go. Chris Go? Yes, Chris Go, <laughs> not Chris Co. Chris Go. Hello. The Sega Connect. Hello. Also, Cavram. Nice to have you here. And Most Fungi. Hello, Most Fungi. Mm, I love mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a new viewer, uh, Big Puke. Joining us, uh, nice to have you as part of the community. Of course, uh, I think that you'll find that uh, that we're a very caring community, and somebody may just offer you some Pepto. <laughs> so, welcome. Data Mangler. Also, Alban, Alban L007. Winifred. And F. Dalbanese. That's my guess. Sick, demented, hello, sick, demented. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, demented. Uh, a big blizz. Nice to see you. Chris Lee 2511. Oh, yeah, Chris Lee 2511. I've been talking to him on uh, on Twitter oh. as of late. So nice to nice. have you uh, registered on the, the website. Thanks for joining us. And Astro Man, nice to see you. So big long list tonight of new registrations on our website, category5.tv. Thank you for registering. 
Thanks for being a part of the show. All right. <laughs> Ready to get right into it? Mm-hmm. Before we do our feature, I want to take a look at Studio D. This is exciting stuff. Studio D, as you know, is a go. Uh, this uh, past weekend on Sunday, we were featured on the Crowdfunder show, which is pretty exciting as well. Uh, they broadcast on Fox 29 WUTV in Buffalo. I hope you were able to catch it if you weren't. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have enough notice on the date to, to really tell our, uh, you, our viewers, um, that it was coming. Uh, but I posted it on all of our social media and things like that. But um, So that is another way that uh, people are able to, to contribute to the show. Interesting thing with the way that the crowdfunder show works is that when people donate, they get a gift card back for the exact amount that they donated. Mm-hmm. Subsidized, nice. right? Very nice. So if I give $20, I get $20 in, say, gas. For my car back. So it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. You're basically just reallocating the where the funds are. Um, so then, you know, of course, it's subsidized. So you get your gift card. We get a contribution as well. And it helps uh, for Studio D. So that's really, really cool. That's what what has been happening this week. And, of course, we just got the keys uh, today to Studio D. So we've been over there with our cleaning party. And a bunch of people have stopped in. And uh, I just want to check in over there and see how things are shaping up. This is day one uh, of us uh, over at Studio D. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I was just cleaning the bathroom. Uh, welcome to Studio D. We've been hard at work trying to make the best studio ever. I'm gonna show you a little bit of what you can anticipate and part of our vision for Category 5. So you walk through the door, you have your bathroom on the left. We're thinking over here would be a nice little space for a coffee. Um, snack bar area, so that'll be cool. We always talk about food and coffee on the show, so that's what we're thinking over there. As we move over here, a nice little seating area, perhaps a couch, a great spot for people to watch live in studio, as well as maybe doing some interviews. Um, Just a relaxed area over here. Working our way over towards the actual studio space. We're thinking here would be a great spot to hang our green screen and have a green screen studio. So the possibilities with that are endless. I could be in the Alps one day and I could be in the ocean another day. Uh, It'd also be a cool spot maybe for our news section of the show. And lastly, this is where the magic will happen. Look how wide this is. We've got loads and loads of room. This will be great for our desk and our main two anchors news anchor co-hosts on the show, Robbie and myself, or Sasha, or Krista, or whoever we got that day. Also, because it's so wide, we have great room to pan, do some wide shots, maybe set up the jib, who knows? So anyways, this is just a little sneak peek for you. We've been hard at work. We've got a little bit more to do before we can officially move in, but we're excited to have you be a part of it, and thank you for all your help and contributions to make Studio D a reality. Thanks so much. Such an exciting time right now for Category 5 TV. Um, And we're just going to get right back into the show and get ready for our feature. Before we do, really, really exciting contest, folks. Um, Very, very pleased about this. Belltone and Category 5 TV have teamed up. Belltone Canada and Category 5, we want to help you if you or one of your loved ones have trouble hearing. Uh, We've got a Belltone First 
hearing aid set. It's quite possibly the most sophisticated hearing aid on the planet, and we're going to even provide the fitting and programming uh, of your new hearing aids if you win. This prize is worth over $7,000, but can you really put a dollar value on hearing well? If you'd like to uh, find out how you can qualify, visit cat5.tv slash hearing, and that is uh, for a Belltone First hearing aid set from Category 5 Technology TV and Belltone Canada. Very excited to be able to gift that out to some very lucky uh, viewer. Yes, absolutely. All right. So tonight's feature um, kind of revolves around the fact that Becca's here. Um, Kind of an interesting backstory is that Becca's a writer, and a lot of you know, and some of you have even bought some of her novels, uh, which is an interesting fact. But um, Becca, you, you use social media to promote your novels, your blog, mm-hmm. and uh, anything that you do with regards to your writing. Yes. Um, and you said to me, and you could probably explain to the viewers a little bit more about the whole meme idea, but basically we want to create some kind of a graphic that is going to promote your blog. Yes, I've always just shared my blog with some sort of catchy intro and then a link to the blog in the hopes that someone would click on it, maybe some hashtags. But mm. a lot of bloggers use a meme with a quote from their blog. Like a graphic in- meme? A graphic meme mm-hmm. as an incentive, something visual to catch catch your eye. You're scrolling Facebook or Twitter and it pops out at you. You read the quote, it interests you, so you go and you read the blog. So it's just more than what I've been doing, but I'm not very familiar with uh, GIMP. So okay. I haven't been able to make them myself. So I would be interested in learning how to do it in a way that is simple, not too complicated. Sure. So that I can hopefully uh, get some more readers for my blog. Cool. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't familiar with GIMP as a term, that is uh, short for GNU Image Manipulation Program. It's a free graphic editing software kind of akin to Adobe Photoshop, for example. Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely free. You can download it to your computer right now. Head on over to GIMP.org. We're going to be taking a look at that in just a few minutes. But uh, before we get into that, we need to decide how we want to create this actual graphic. So we discuss things like copyrights and how we can get a, a graphic that we can use as the base image for our meme and have mm-hmm. the rights to use it. Yes, that's the other thing. How to find an image that I can use that is not copyrighted. That is to say that you're not supposed to pay for. Right. Um, to avoid... Because I guess you kind of you want to find a free image, as yeah, in you don't want to have to pay for it. Yeah, because... Um, and sometimes that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's for a blog, so I don't want to spend a lot of money promoting it because it's sure. a hobby. And yeah. um, just being able to find the images that can be used okay. versus the ones that you're meant to pay for. How to know? Because when you just do a simple Google search for a keyword... Who knows what the copyright information yeah, is for really, each image. Eh? There's, it seems at face value that there's no way of knowing. So I would just like to know how to find out. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's look at the quote that you gave me tonight to work with. Um, here is the quote, because Beck is, is truly deep. So here you go. <laughs> how many thorns in our own personal lives have prevented us from becoming jerks? Just letting that resonate. with myself of course yet we despise the thorns we don't see them for what they really are can you explain to me what would a thorn be just anything in your life that's difficult 
that puts a damper on your day, that's a pain to deal with, yeah. just something you wish you could pluck out, remove, get out of your life because things would go easier without it. But sometimes but, that particular thing, even though it's uncomfortable and it's... It keeps you grounded. It keeps you down to earth. It keeps mm-hmm. you from becoming conceited and egotistical because it reminds you of who you are or where you came from. It reminds you to be humble. Mm. That sort of idea. So it's a very, very... Just something in your life that drives you nuts, but it keeps you humble. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Okay, so let's let's look at that. Okay, I'm thinking with that phrase... Um, do we look for, say, a, a rose with a lot of thorns and, and somebody holding it? Do we look for, like, a thorn bush? Yeah, or? I think most people think of the rose when they hear the word thorn. Yeah, there are a lot a of thorny plants, something. but usually yeah. rose is the first plant that comes to mind. Yeah, or raspberries. Yeah, yeah but not the same kind of thorn. <laughs> My raspberry uh, harvest is going to be very plentiful this year, so that's going to be nice. Okay, I'm going to actually get on to Google because you use that as your example. Mm-hmm. So over at Google, I'm going to click on Images, and now I'm on Google Images. So I'm going to do a quick search. It's a great tool. Let's do a quick search. I'm going to try, uh, even though it sounds silly, I'm going to try Thorny Rose, because that's kind of what we're looking for. And you'll see, okay, I've got all these results. But it's like you say, how do you how do you know if any of these are acceptable to be used? Like, how do you mm-hmm. know if I have the rights legally to use any of these images. Well, the truth is you don't because these particular images, Google has gone out over the search, uh, like through its search crawling efforts to Mm -hmm. find out more about websites and it finds images on people's websites and they could be absolutely exclusive to that website. However, Mm -hmm. Google will index them if they are, you know, in, in most cases it will get indexed and end up here. Chances are pretty good. You don't have the rights to use them. So why would I show you that? Why would we do a search for Thorny Rose if we can't use it? And the fact is, is that Google does provide tools to allow us to find images that we are allowed to use. So jumping back to this search result, if you go up here and click on search tools, you'll see a handy little thing called usage rights. And if you click on that, you'll see that the default is not filtered by license. So basically Google is showing you every image that it knows of that is a Thorny Rose or related to that. So what we want is we want something that is filtered by license. We want it to be labeled for reuse with modification. If you know that you're not going to be making any money off of it and you don't have to worry about commercial use issues, you can go with uh, labeled for non-commercial reuse with modification. But in our case, because Becca does sell books on her her website and things like that, I think it's probably safest to go with um, to something that's allowed to be mm-hmm. used on a commercial website. Yes. Okay. So we know that it's a hobby, so to speak, but because there is sales happening there, you, you want to make sure that yep. you conform. So we're going to select labeled for reuse with modification. So with modification means we are allowed to put text on top of this. We're allowed to take the image and change it, edit it. So let's click on that. If you don't choose with modification, you're not allowed to edit anything. So now these images are now not just appropriate search results, but they are in fact ones that are legally I'm legally entitled according to Google to use on a commercial website with reuse. So now that that's kind of an interesting one there um like a rose bush or something like that mm-hmm. lots of thorns anyways do you like that? Mhm. Okay. 
So this one, now how do we find out the, the legalities behind this? Because it's still just a Google search result. You see that images may be subject to copyright there. So how do I know that I have the right to be able to use this? And the way that I find that out is I'm, gonna, I'm not going to view the image. I'm actually going to visit the page that's associated with this particular image. And you'll see this has now taken me over to Flickr, which would be the profile of the artist who took the photo. So if I scroll down a little bit, you'll see the artist's name there is Robert S. Donovan. And you'll see over on the right-hand side, this little icon here, that little man in the circle is a Creative Commons attribution logo and a link that says Some Rights Reserved. So that is actually the information about the license. So let's click on it to find out more. So here's the license to that image that Robert Donovan has put up. It's Creative Commons Attribution 2.0 Generic. That's the name of this license. Here's what you are free to do. You can copy and redistribute the material in any medium or format. Perfect. You can remix, transform, and build upon the material. That's just what we're looking for because we want to be able to edit it and add text and things like that. We can do it for any purpose, even commercially. That's what this is licensed for. The licensor cannot revoke these freedoms as long as you follow the license terms. So we need to find out what these licensing terms are. And here they are, under the following terms, attribution. You must give appropriate credit providing a link to the license and indicate if changes were made. You may do so in any reasonable manner, that's great, but not in any way to suggest that the licensor endorses you or your use. So basically I can say I used this photo and now I'm legally entitled to use it because I've given attribution. I've got a link to the license itself like he has here. Mm -hmm. I may have the courtesy to actually take his name and link it to his profile on Flickr because that's a courteous thing to do when you've used somebody's image mm -hmm. for free. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily required under the terms of this license. So that sounds fair enough if we were to at the bottom of your blog that it, this is going to be linking to the, or maybe as the featured image, we would just have a link yep. to... Um, was it Robert S. Donovan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I would say link to him, link to the Creative Commons license to show, and uh, you, you aren't really making any changes to the license at all. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing else that needs to really be done in order to conform with the licensing that has been put forth by the artist who took the photo. So it's easy breezy, right? It's uh -huh. pretty wordy to explain it to you, but once you understand that, okay, you just got to click on the license, read it over, make sure you conform. If it says you got a link to them, you got a link to them. Mm -hmm. If it says, but it's that easy, right? Yeah. And then you're legally entitled to use that image absolutely free of charge. So we're going to conform with this. We accept that as a licensing term, and all I want to do is click on the download link, and I can grab the original, which is 1600 by 1200 pixels. Nice big graphics. So I'm just going to save that to my computer. And now I've got a copy of that image in high resolution. I can start working with it. So I'm just going to bring that up. Remember, we've got uh, the GIMP. I've already got it pre-installed. GIMP is available for you at GIMP.org. Download for Windows, Linux, or Mac. And it is absolutely free. That's the software that we're going to be using tonight in order to actually create the meme that we're creating. So I've got it installed. I'm just going to grab that download that we've got here and right-click on the image and go open with GNU Image Manipulation Program. And here it comes. There you go. So there's our step one. <laughs> Get a dry throat from talking so much. Okay. <laughs> 
So first step with this image is, okay, we want to visually look at it and say, okay, yes, the proportions to me look like they're going to work fairly well on Facebook. Mm-hmm. When I post this on someone's wall, is it going to be too wide? Is it going to be too tall? And it's going to get cut yeah. off by Facebook? No, this is a, approximately a square. It's a little yeah. bit wider than it is tall. So it's probably going to work very, very well. If yeah, it, I find if there's a meme on Facebook that's cut off, yeah. there's a good chance I might not click on it mm-hmm. to blow it up because I can't read all the text. I prefer, I'm, I guess I'm lazy that way. I prefer to read the text there on my screen right. without having to click on it without to blow it up. Without having to open it. So yeah. some memes, if they're too big, that's I think that's a downside. And the way that that would happen is if your image was, say, tall like yes. this, and then yeah, Google the or um, Facebook too would crop it wide. like this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this, this to me looks like a fairly good proportion. I don't know if there's a magic proportion for Facebook, but it's a little bit wider than it is tall. It's approximately square. Uh, if I right-click on it and go image, scale image, it's 1600 by 1200, which is a large image, and we're going to work with the high res. That's fine. So that sounds good. So first step is I want to actually put our text onto this image. But one of the things that I notice is that the image is fairly busy. Yes. There's a lot going on in this image. We're not going to worry about that just now. We want to get our text on there and see how it's going to look before we start messing with the background and, and changing you know, the, the colorizations or the brightness of the background. So what I've done is I've clicked on the, uh, the text tool here. I've changed white to my foreground color, which has inadvertently changed my text color to white. And I'm just using a sans font default font size is 18 so we're probably going to need to bring that up but now I'm going to click single click and hold on the top left corner drag down to the bottom right corner and now I can start typing and you can see yes the text is very very small so we're going to highlight that blow it up to a reasonable size there we go so 81 is what I've selected so Becca could you perhaps read the quote to me and I'm going to type it out because that's going to be a lot quicker than me trying to type it and read it and Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Set. Go. How many thorns in our own personal lives have prevented us from becoming jerks? Question mark. M dash. M dash. Okay. I will use a dash because I don't know how to do an M dash in GIMP. How's that? <laughs> you look shocked. I, I don't You're see like, any uh, dash. There's a dash there. It's just that... Oh, there. It's minuscule. Like I said, it... Is oh. there any way of, of doing... Of finding out See, how to do is. an M-dash? Because the hyphen... An M-dash? Well, the an hyphen, M-dash. it doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't look the same. And um, yeah. it's not Canadian. It's British. <laughs> okay. Uh, an M-dash is 0151 on the ASCII table. So if your computer supports it, you can hold in the Alt key and hit 0151 on your touchpad. Okay. My computer, unfortunately, for some reason, doesn't support... So is there another way to do codes. it then if that doesn't work? Well, let's see if this works. I'm going to delete the dash and hit Alt-0151, and it does nothing. So from computer to computer, it's whether or not your Alt-ASCII character codes are going to work is, is mm-hmm. really just a computer-to-computer thing. Uh, to be honest, if it's a, a case where you're going to be upset about it and you really want that M-dash, which I really am getting the feeling here, then... I would kind of work around my inability to create an M-dash in text mode, Mm -hmm. and I would kind of cheat. Okay. The way I would do that is I would head over to Google, (laughs) 
Not that we're endorsed by Google or endorsing Google. It's just easy to find. And I'm just going to type in M-dash. And there's Wikipedia's article. Let's find the M-dash. Oh, there it is. It's right there on the screen. M-dash. And look, I can actually highlight and copy to my clipboard with Control-C an M-dash to my clipboard. Now, if I go up to the address bar and paste it, you'll see, yep, it's in my clipboard. It is, in fact, an M-dash versus a dash, right? So now it's in, it's in my clipboard, so if I go back to GIMP and hit Control-V, sure enough, lo and behold, there's an M-dash. Nice. See it there? There's a dash. <laughs> Big difference. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit of a hack around, but that gets us an M-dash anyways on our meme. Excellent. So I could really <laughs> sense that she wanted one. It makes sense. It's important sense. for it is, rhythm. Yes, for, for rhythm. rhythm. <laughs> All right. So there's more text, isn't there? Yes. Yet we despise the thorns. Oh, yet we. Okay. Period? Period. Okay. What's next? And the final sentence. Yes. We don't see them for what they really are. Is that it? <laughs> Oh, that is all, that's folks. All. Okay. That's it. <laughs> all right. So that's what it looks like. It is just a dog's breakfast. That's terrible. What are we going to do? Okay. So when I look at that, obviously it's very busy. You can't read the text because it's just there's no contrast, right? From a graphic it's editing. It's like standpoint. watching a movie with subtitles. It's kind of it's just <laughs> it's all over the place, isn't I've, it? Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to increase the contrast, but first of all, I want to kind of make this text, I want to use my imagination and, and make it look how I want it to look and then work with the background. Mm -hmm. A couple things I could do there. If I really wanted to, I could lose the background. Pardon me. I could start working on this canvas. I could even create a new layer if I really wanted to. This, these things are not necessary, but they may help you to, to do this on a graphical level and create a black layer and start building my text there. But to be honest with you, I prefer just to work with that because then I see what I'm going to see. So what I, what I mean by that is, okay, now I'm going to click on my text layer and I'm going to use the editor, which is right here. Just click that little text box and now it allows me to do some more advanced things with the text. So for example, one of the things that I like to do, as Eric would say, work on the emphasis of each word okay so we're going to work on the emphasis or the emphasis depending <laughs> on who you talk to and find the words within the, the paragraphs that are key that we want to stand out it's almost a way of uh, i don't want to use the word subliminal but it is kind of a subconscious thing where something scrolls by on your screen and if a word stands out that pops out at you and grabs your attention you're it's much more likely. It's useful for skimmers yeah. people who skim. If you're skimming as a block of text, gloss over it but mm -hmm. if a word is slightly larger or sticking out, if that particular word intrigues you like, oh thorns, what's this about? Oh, then, jerk! <laughs> then you, Jerks. Jerk! What? Then you might be willing to read the whole quote. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're going to work on here. So really, really easy thing to do with a meme and we don't have to get, because like, graphic as a from a graphic designer standpoint, this is a big no-no. Using different kerning on fonts, using you know a mix match of different 
font faces and things. It's a, it's a bit of a no-no when it comes to graphic design, but when it comes to meme design, it's fantastic because graphic design goes out the window. <laughs> it still looks good and it accomplishes what you want to do, but you don't have to conform to any kind of educated standard. Mm-hmm. So what we can do is we can take those words and simply, okay, so we want to, you mentioned the word thorns as a standout word. So I'm highlighting it. Notice I'm using my keyboard in the left window and it's also highlighting it in the right editor window. So now I can increase the font size if I've got it right. Let's see. Highlight it like that. Increase my font size for the word thorns. And it's going to stand out quite a bit from that text. How many thorns in our own personal lives have prevented us? So do we want our own personal lives no no have prevented us from becoming jerks becoming jerks sounds like a good one to mm-hmm. really make pop because we've got the verb we've got the the punchy jerk word that you know makes you go huh what did yeah. i do <laughs> okay so i'm just i'm simply highlighting and making it bigger and and it, subconsciously it makes you look at it okay yet we despise the thorns Anything there need to be emphasized? No. no? Okay. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to move down. I learned this from Becca that I can't move down the M dash. I need to move down the next sentence. I want to put this one down at the bottom. It kind of summarizes or wraps up the thought. We don't see them for what they really are. Okay. So we don't see them for what they really are. So Let's say really, really are. are. Yeah. yeah. going to make that text bigger. So easy, right? But we still have the contrast issue. Okay, so text-wise, how does that look to you, Becca? Good. Is that looking pretty good? Uh-huh. It's, yep. Okay. We've got the text right. Yeah. Good, good. I didn't type anything wrong. It doesn't look like I got no typos. That's good. So now I'm grabbing the text layer on the left-hand side here, and I'm just moving it in a little bit so that it has a little bit less of a... Um, I'm just kind of affecting the margins so that it has nice centering. I'm going to move down the top a little bit. And then I'm going to grab the Move tool. And I can move this text layer now around with my keyboard once I've single-clicked on it. And that just gives me a really good amount of accuracy that I can really place that where I want to. Okay? So now I like the positioning of the text. How about you? Yeah. That look good? looks great. Yeah. Okay. But what I want to do is I want to add that contrast that I was telling you about. So the way I'm going to do that, we're not going to affect the actual layer behind, but I'm going to click on it so that anything that I do now, let's create a new layer in between those two layers. It's going to be a transparency layer. So now I've got a layer that I can work with between the background and the text that we're not going to actually affect any of those things. We can change the, we can change the opacity of it, for example, without affecting anything else. So now on that new layer, I'm going to grab my uh, rectangular select tool here and somewhere in here I'm going to create a box and that box once I let go is just a marquee I'm going to right click and go select feather and we're going to create a feathered edge here which is going to be pretty pretty uh, large because it's a 1600 pixel wide image in our case we're going to go about 500 pixels if your image is smaller you would adapt your um, your feathering uh, accordingly. Mm-hmm. Now we know that this is 1600 pixels wide. So if I make the feather 500 pixels, it's going to be about, you know, this much of the image is going to be feathered. Mm-hmm. So that is going to have a pretty good 
gradient as far as the feathering goes, and you'll see that in just a moment. Smaller image would mean a smaller feather, larger image would mean a bigger feather to get the same effect. So this feather is going to be 500 pixels, and now I right-click and go select Invert, and now I've basically got a border that when I go Edit and then Fill with the background color, which in my case is black, that's what I want. If it's not black, you can just single-click on it, change it to black, and then right-click, Edit, Fill with background color. So now I've got this really nice subtle vignette happening to the image. Do so you see that? Mm-hmm. So now the text at the bottom is popping out really nice. The text at the top, I've still got some issues with it. It's not quite contrasty enough. There's, there's still too much going on in the background of that. So the way I can resolve that is now I'm going to grab another box up here, and I'm going to also feather that one, but this time I'm not going to invert the marquee. Instead, I'm just going to fill. And now I've just darkened that section as well. So I've got a lot of dark up at the top. Then I've got the picture of the thorns in a vignette, and I've got the text at the bottom. Mm -hmm. How's that looking? That looks great. Is that looking good? Very nice. So the final step to the graphic itself is I want to make that text pop out a little bit more, and the way that I'm going to do that is highlight that layer, and we're going to add a subtle drop shadow to it. So, And when I say highlight that layer, I mean highlight the text layer. Okay. And then we're going to go filters, light and shadow, drop shadow. And now, because I'm working with such a large image, I can have a fairly large uh, X and Y offset. So I'm going to go with 8 pixels. That's fine. Uh, my blur radius, though, I don't want it to be too blurry, the, the uh, shadow itself. So I'm going to bring down the blur also to about 8 pixels. The color of the shadow is fine being black. I like that. And I'm going to make it very uh, opaque all the way to 100%. And we're going to turn off Allow Resizing because we don't want our image to get skewed. Um, that's fine. Now hit OK. So now you'll see, and now I've clicked on the Move tool because I know I'm going to use it, that there is a nice drop shadow behind the text. And if I'm not quite satisfied with the positioning of it, I can use that Move tool. And I can single click on the layer and I can actually move around the text or I can move around even the drop shadow itself by highlighting the drop shadow layer. So now I can take that drop shadow and I can actually move it with my keyboard. See that? Mm -hmm. See what I'm doing there? So that shadow becomes something that I can manipulate just by pushing the up and down arrows on my keyboard, put it in the exact position that I want it to give me a little bit more pop on the text. There we go. Oh, and I accidentally moved that vignette layer. <laughs> there we go. There we have it. That's a, a fairly good example of uh, creating a, a meme. Now, text-wise, does that look good? Do you like italics or anything like that? We can do anything that you like to it. I'm not a fan of italics. Hard to read. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. To each his own, you know? Um. <laughs> I use them occasionally. Yeah. The one final thing that I would do, and the thing to keep in mind, of course, you know, not only for the copyright holder and the fact that we're going to have a link to conform to the to the licensing terms on your website, but also the fact is, this the idea is that social media shares your stuff around. Mm -hmm. So the this image, the hope is that someone will share it, mm -hmm. and it will include the link to your blog and 
more things like that. So it becomes viral. And then all of a sudden you've got all these people reading your blog and that's the idea. But somewhere along the chain, somebody's going to save it to their computer and then repost it because they like the quote, but they don't necessarily, maybe they just, maybe they just don't understand how sharing on Facebook works. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. So the final thing that we always need to make sure of is that there's something in the image that's going to direct people back to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. So in your case, it's just going to be a link to your blog, um, not a not an actual clickable link, but because it's an image, but strictly uh, your website address. So I'm going to add a new text layer here, uh, just like that. I've just grabbed a, an empty section. I'm going to put it down on the bottom right hand side, and just try typing beccaferguson.com, and I'll make that text fairly small because it doesn't need to stand out quite as much as the quote itself so something like that this is a great image because uh, the way that it's uh, laid itself out because we've got this nice black area down at the bottom right where we can place your website address if you don't have that you can always add a little dark area where you can put it in but there you go so now you've got your website address. We can maybe take that website address, bring down the opacity a little bit so it becomes a bit more of a gray, and then it's not quite taking away from the image as much, but then you end up with exactly kind of what you're going for as far as the meme goes. So mm-hmm. that is what you were hoping for? Or? Yes, exactly. There you go. So let's uh, let's bring that up. Save that as a XCF file. If you've ever used uh, Adobe Photoshop, you know about the PSD file. It saves your layers. So if you ever want to go back and change the vignette or change the drop shadow, you can do that easy. Easy breezy. That's what I wanted to say. So we want to save it as an XCF in the GIMP because then you're going to have a copy that you can edit. So I'm going to save this one as jerks.xcf just so that I remember what it is. There we go. And now for our copy for use on Facebook, we're going to actually export because an XCF file is the layered file and you have to have GIMP in order to use it. Mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't work with those files. You yeah. have to have a JPEG or a PNG. Uh, PNG is going to give you the absolute best quality as far as your text goes. It's a lossless format. It's probably the best one to choose. It's going to be a bigger file, though, so it's going to take a little bit longer to upload if you're on a slower connection. So let's go with a PNG. And when I've clicked Export, it's automatically defaulted to a PNG, but you can change the extension to .jpg if you prefer. I'm going to go with ping because I know that's going to give me the best quality possible. So now I'll export that. and Let's see what happens there. As soon as that's finished saving, we'll know how big it is. Jerks.ping is 1.7 megabytes, and there it is. So that's what it looks like. And I do notice that I've got a, a little bit of a, an issue on the left-hand side. That's when I accidentally moved that vignette. I'm going to fix that for Becca and resave, but that's not a problem at all. And there's our meme. So Perfect. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You'll find our website, www.category5.tv. And, of course, tonight we've been learning a little bit more in the GIMP. GNU Image Manipulation Program, which I encourage you to download at GIMP.org. Fantastic program. Uh, And you'll just find that once you get used to it, once you learn the ropes in GIMP, you'll be able to do so many cool things with your graphics and even, in this case, basically creating a new graphic. Mm -hmm. Hope you enjoyed the tutorial. You ready to do the news? Mm -hmm. All right, folks. (laughs) 
Here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Researchers, researchers are making a smarter kill switch for phones that knows when a gadget is in the hands of a thief. And kills them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little, yeah, a laser. Watch out, yeah. <laughs> Software on the phone watches how you use your phone to build a portrait of your normal behavior. The software logs which apps were used and when, where the phone goes, as well as more subtle indicators, such as how the phone is held. The software quickly spots if a phone is not being used by its owner and shuts down to stop data from being stolen. Early versions of the behavior logging software currently take a few days to build up a profile of average use. The software gets better at spotting its real owner the longer it runs. Hmm. Research suggests that people have to swipe or tap in their pin up to a hundred times a day just to unlock their handset and use it. That system is so cumbersome that many people don't bother with any security measures at all. By contrast, the behavior modeling system would keep a phone unlocked, unlocked as long as it was in the hands of the, of the owner. Professor Lynn Bailey from the University of Edinburgh said, you may still have to use a pin, but only when it is really needed. The extra security measures could be triggered only in certain circumstances, such as when someone was shopping or trying to log on to a corporate network. Isn't that interesting, eh? Mm -hmm. It's a little like your phone is spying on you, and so there's the whole security aspect of not really wanting my phone to know everywhere I go yes. and log it. But then I guess it makes sense that the technology would evolve to that point. Interesting use of that technology, I think. Yeah, I think especially for those who find it too irritating to be punching in their pin all the time. Do. And the problem, so their phone is unprotected, but exactly. they would rather it be protected. So. I would rather, ha like people will fall into this mindset of, I would rather have no pin than have to enter it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Folks, do you really pick up your phone a hundred times in one day? <laughs> Well, I guess well, if you set it down, you pick it up, you set I it down, I know, you but come on! Really? <laughs> we are an, an addicted society to these devices. That's ridiculous. That's sad and scary, just that statistic alone. Yeah. But... Yeah. Hmm. That's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to blog about it and make a meme. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook is fighting a U.S. court order in which it was forced to hand over data belonging to almost 400 people involved in a benefit fraud trial. The social media site said the request was by far the largest it had ever received from a government body. Photographs, private messages, and other information were supplied to a New York court last year, but the process was only made public by a judge this week. The ruling described Facebook as a sort of digital landlord. A judge said this definition meant that the company must comply with search warrants. The original, oh my, case, oh the original case investigated fraudulent claimants of U.S. federal disability benefits whose Facebook accounts apparently showed that they were, in fact, healthy. The web giant was ordered to hand over information from the 381 accounts, which the court said contained evidence of criminality. After an appeal was denied, Facebook complied with the request but protested that it violated the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Okay, I can understand where the court is coming from. I can understand the perspective, and I can even understand finding that information on Facebook and having Facebook hand it over. 
but where this becomes like i guess it really boils down where is the line where where is the line like if they can do well, that if they're to facebook calling it, if they're calling it a digital landlord facebook so is my their email line of thinking is the same their line of thinking is if we can get a search warrant for a house and go flip through your diary if we want to, then why shouldn't sure. we be allowed to look at your Facebook but profile? But should you also be able to... So then, you know, does the line now become, okay, so listen in on my phone calls. I guess they do that anyways. And well, I think the key here is the search warrant. They can't just do mm. it indiscriminately. You it would have had... Be. You'd okay. have to have done something. You're in court for it, and and a search warrant has been granted. It would be interesting to know, though, based on that, Okay, so almost 400 people under this investigation were all of them guilty. Because then it would... Yeah, I think the gray area would be if if there was just anyone being investigated yeah. without enough evidence but behind it. 384 people or whatever it was, are all of those people, are they actually... Do they actually have a warrant for each one of those individual people? Or is it as Yeah, is it my question would be... Did they have evidence that people were faking injuries mm-hmm. or were they just checking to see if their clients were being honest? Like, was there any evidence behind the search? Yeah. yeah. Or was it just, let's check up on everybody, make the sure. Line? Yeah. Yeah. So the line would be, I think you would have to have, something would have had to have happened to make you suspicious of a particular client. Right. That you would want to investigate further. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are your thoughts? Be interested <laughs> to know. I mean... Uh, email us live at category5.tv. Let us know your thoughts or post your uh, feedback on uh, our newsroom website, newsroom.category5.tv. San Francisco has banned the use of apps which allow people to buy and sell public parking spaces, of all things. <laughs> parking is a huge problem in the city, and Rome-based startup Monkey Parking thought it had come up with a solution. The app lets users auction off parking spaces that they are using and wait for the buyer to arrive before pulling out. But the city says it's illegal to auction off public land and has threatened to find anyone anyone doing so. San Francisco lawyer Dennis Herrera sent a cease and desist order to Monkey Parking and has also asked Apple to remove it from the App Store for violating local law. The mobile peer-to-peer app describes itself as the first, which lets you make money every time that you are about to leave your on-street parking spot. But according to a statement from Mr. Herrera, it creates a predatory private market for public parking spaces that San Franciscans will not tolerate. We will not abide businesses that hold hostage on-street parking public parking spots for their own private profit. He said that the company would be subject to fines of up to $2,500 per violation, and it has been given until the 11th of July to stop operating in the city. Users of the app would also be subject to a $300 fine. In response, Monkey Parking co-founder Roberto Zanatti said that the firm is talking to his lawyers about the letter. (laughs) I'll say, (laughs) wow. Okay, at first that sounded like a good idea, and then... (laughs) Really, you'd, could you imagine? You'd be watching the guy who's about to pull out of his parking spot, and oh, sorry, you don't have the app. Yeah, the interesting thing here is that Apple had the app available in their app store, even though it violated local law. So it makes you wonder but if... Who, who's local law, right? And, well, and, uh, 
San Francisco, Francisco but sure. it just makes you wonder, should Apple take a little more responsibility in making sure that the apps that they're providing in their store are legal That's a tough where call. they came from? I don't know. That's a really tough I guess call. it would depend on the, the app. they're not the police, right? No, but mm-hmm. they were selling it, the yeah. app. Yeah. I guess. But where's the, the again? That's that doesn't seem like it, it. Seems almost like they found that okay, this is offensive. So let's block it. Let's find a legal loophole to make it so that it's illegal. Yeah. Because they're selling public land mm-hmm. or access to public land. That's the loophole. I don't mm-hmm. know that Apple could really pick up. On I'd be interested to know who discovered it was going on. Yeah, <laughs> somebody who was using it probably. Well, but told his someone boss who was and, using oh, this it. Is great. Yeah, maybe word of mouth, but yeah. someone who was using the service wouldn't want to jeopardize that. So, mm-hmm. but maybe just word of mouth, someone. I think where it would be really great. I don't know if you've ever gone to a beach in Ontario and had to pay for parking, but if if they had an app for all of the nearby houses that could subscribe to this app, and you could like punch in and I will pay you two dollars to park in your driveway. Yeah, that'd be good. And then I can in your drive. And then it's then private it's not property. Public. Yeah. 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 And then I don't have to pay the twenty dollars to park at the beach. And I can pay the ten dollars well, to the guy up the street. Just go to the free beaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they are all rocks and stuff. No. No, I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> now people are picturing Canada is just a whole bunch of rocks. That's what they're picturing. Yeah, the Canadian Shield. You've heard of it, right? <laughs> it's all that we see when we look out our window is just Canadian Shield. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just just messing with you. It's not all igloos, that's for sure. Hey, <laughs> that's because it's summer. Change the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, it's summer. Our houses have melted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, we're really just sitting in our backyard right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> An elevated network of sky cars is to be built in Tel Aviv. A 500-meter loop will be built on the campus of Israel Aerospace Industries, followed by a commercial network, according to Skytran, the company that will build it. Two-person vehicles will be suspended from elevated magnetic tracks as an alternative transport method to congested roads, the firm promised. And this is... system, sorry, should be up and running by the end of 2015, so just a year and a half from now. Hmm. The firm hopes the test track will prove that the technology works and lead to a commercial version of the network. The plan is to allow passengers to order a vehicle on their smartphone to meet them at a specific station and then head directly to their destination. The vehicles will achieve speeds of up to 43 miles per hour, Although the commercial rollout is expected to offer much faster vehicles. Cool. As long as the app doesn't allow them to choose where it parks, <laughs> yes. they should be safe. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That seems really futuresque. I don't yes. know if you can see that picture, but there you go. The future has arrived, folks. Pretty much. The fru- no, in a year and a half, a the future half. will arrive. <laughs> That's cool. Well, because if they're suspended on a magnetic field, there's no friction. There's nothing to slow them down. So, of course, they're moving slow in the ta- in the trials, but they can travel like bullets. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Neat stuff. Get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by Tennessee Frank and our community of viewers. 
If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Becca Ferguson. Thanks, Becca. Tonight, the news and the show is brought to you in part by Beltone, and you can learn why Beltone is the choice of millions when it comes to fantastic hearing care. Check out Beltone first, a revolutionary made-for-iPhone hearing aid. Visit Beltone.com, or for a free trial, call 1-800-BELTONE-NOW. This is Category 5 Technology TV. We're just about out of time, but before we wrap up, wanted to say hi to all of our viewers that are watching from all around the world. Let's take a real quick look at our viewer location map where I see San Francisco. We were just talking about you. Yes. Uh, be careful with that app. London and Oxford. Nice to see you watching the show tonight. Montreal and Ottawa. And there's Hayes just outside of Manhattan. And Cleveland, Detroit. It's so nice to have so many people viewing from all over the world. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and just fabulous having you here with us tonight. Don't forget to check out our website, www.category5.tv, and while you're there, make sure you register for uh, our community, and you can do that right on our website absolutely free. So, Hard to believe time's up. Time to go watch some fireworks. Happy Canada yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for this week, so... We're going to be, over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a strange time, I think, for the show because we're in this transitional phase where you know I'm spending a lot of time at the new studio space getting mm-hmm. things kind of set up and ready to move in. Yep. Then we've got to actually move it in. So uh, we'll try to keep the show going all through that time. It's going to be uh, quite an adventure. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, next week, of course, uh, Erica Lalonde is going to be joining us. We're going to do the largest unboxing that we have ever done here at Category 5 TV. I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't forget, we do need your help. Cat5.tv slash C is one of the ways that you can support us. Uh, and uh, your viewer contributions make a huge difference, especially now as we're getting ready to move into Studio D. So very exciting time, and we love having you as a part of it. And thanks for coming along with us. So. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, have a wonderful, amazing week. Take care. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 